Alright guys, I'm going to tell you a story about something that absolutely blew my mind. Now, as I bet you could probably tell, I'm probably someone who's spent, you know, at least 20 minutes looking at the lives of successful people, but trying to understand why these people were able to be successful. Big shock, right? And you also probably wouldn't be too surprised as well that I look at companies, businesses, startups, entrepreneurs, speakers, athletes. And I look, I like to look at the specific things that they did to be able to get to that point in time. Now, with athletes, it's pretty easy to understand for most of us, right? Firstly, this was someone that was just born naturally with a handful of gifts that have just allowed them to be superior to their competition in their respective sport for basically their whole life. But that's not the whole story. In fact, that's probably the smallest part of the story. A bigger piece of that story is all of the time, all of the effort, every single minute put into improving whatever skill, whatever attribute it was so that they could advance, so that they could become a better version of themselves, so they could compete at a higher level. And that is pretty easy, again, to understand with athletes, but when you think about businesses, I think it gets a bit more convoluted. Because an athlete, we're able to see what it is that they produce on the field. But when I talk about a $16 billion company, that's what this company is valued at, $16 billion, does that even seem real? I mean, is there actually a way for you to be able to contextualize what $16 billion actually means? And I'm going to speak for you because I'm going to speak for myself here. The answer is... Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But the other answer is probably not. And I've had one pretty lucky experience in my lifetime where I was able to see a certain type of wealth which I don't think can be equaled. I mean, I actually think that this is what people mean when they talk about the 1% the 1%. And this was one of the best families I have ever met. Every single person in that family, phenomenal. And so after I saw that, I kind of began to understand what it meant to have a company that was worth $16 billion because I saw it in how one city was built. And the company I'm actually going to talk about today is a company called Cintas. And when I was growing up, I don't know why I remember this, but I've always been pretty good with vehicle make, model, color, year, um, engine, I, I kind of just, I've always been interested in. And that's for traditional vehicles, but this is also going over to commercial vehicles. And when I was young, I remember seeing Cintas. I remember seeing these Cintas vehicles in each of the towns that I lived in. And I lived in a lot of different towns and cities growing up, right? And I always saw Cintas. And Sometimes you just know that a certain company is a massive company. Basically, everyone has an Apple. If they don't have an Apple, they have the Android. And you look at those two companies, iPhone, Apple, right? We think about, uh, who is that, Microsoft? I don't even know. Microsoft, but Amazon, Google, all of these massive multi-billion dollar companies, companies that combine value at trillions. And those are huge figures. But CentOS is another one of these guys who, growing up when I saw their vehicles, I thought to myself, probably 
a pretty big company if I had to take a guess. And over the past, gosh, two and a half, three years, I have been working within the construction industry. There have been so many great learning moments within you know, all the different capacities within which I've worked for this organization. But what I noticed two weeks ago was something I noticed for the first time, literally the very first time in my entire time uh, working within this role. And we have CentOS delivery. I knew that. But I didn't recognize what it was that they serviced. I didn't really understand what it was. All I know is I would see the people walk in, they'd bring in the boxes, they'd go disappear into our garage. I work in a construction yard, so we have a garage that's attached to our office. And this garage has 40 foot tall ceilings, it's all covered in, it's all indoor garage space, but it's for heavy, heavy equipment and machinery. And this garage itself is incredibly clean. But with that said, it's a stamped concrete floor and over this entire floor, there's skid marks everywhere. You know, over the entirety of this space, we have bags where, we have corners where bags of sand are stacked 20 feet tall and they're perfectly organized. But there's still a little bit of sand around the outside. You know, it's a space that I guess what I'm trying to say is it's immaculately clean, but it's also a construction yard. It's a garage where you put heavy equipment. So you can imagine that the walls might be kind of beaten up. You know, there, there might be unfinished uh, paints somewhere. Um, how else can I describe this? This is the point which I'm ultimately trying to get to. What I found out that day was that CentOS was a company that it's a company that supplies janitorial supplies, but mainly uniforms. That's what they're known for. And we have a woman who works at our front desk. Her name is Dee Dee Hubbard. She is absolutely phenomenal. One of the best people that I've had the chance to work with, just because she's such an interesting and kind person. Um, but she has such a great relationship with all of the vendors that come into our yard to service whatever it is. And that is a lot of different companies that are in and off or on and off of our premises on a daily basis. And one of the companies that I recognized kept coming back and they kept coming back and they kept coming back was CentOS. And I, again, I knew that they were delivering materials, but I was like, what is it that they could be supplying us with right now um, that just needs to be here every three, four, five days is what it seems like. And um, I gave it a minute. So I, I let the CentOS employee go back into the yard and I said to myself, time to go figure it out. And I spoke about my garage space earlier because everything in that space is exceptionally clean, but it's still heavy machinery that gets heavy use. So it's still, there's still grease, there's still oil. You know, if you rubbed up against a wall, you're gonna have that wall rub something back onto you. You know, if, you're, if your sleeves are not rolled up, and you go for, you know, say a broom or a sweep, you're gonna be pulling out 50 other sweeps. It's an exceptionally clean space, but it still doesn't mean that I'm gonna have a picnic off the floor. And there is one thing in that entire room, 
the walls, it seems like they go up to 40 feet tall. And this room would be the size of three basketball courts. So think about how big that is. And there is only one, there's only one item in that garage space which is always immaculate. And I never understood it. I really never knew it, but it's something I had seen over the past few years. In that garage, on the uh, frame next to the bathrooms, there is a CentOS container. It seems like it's 18 inches across by 18 inches down by probably three inches deep um, would be its measurements. And what is stored in this is all of the medical supplies. So, you know, it's like the emergency medical supplies. So Band-Aids, iodines, bandages, whatever it might be. And then they're also doing the toilet paper. So they're actually going in there and they're putting new toilet paper on uh, the boxes. And I never knew this. I never had a clue. But there has been so many times that I've worked for this company where I've thought to myself, man, why is that box so clean? Like it's in perfect shape. Man, why is there always you know, toilet paper supplied within this bathroom, right? I mean, you have roughly 40 Hispanic gentlemen and an entire office um, using that one space. And the one thing that's always perfect in that space is that there's always supplies, always. What CentOS figured out and why CentOS is a billion dollar company is really, really, really simple. And it's something where as soon as I say it, you say to yourself, of, of course. But this is really why CentOS is a billion dollar company and you're not. It's because CentOS recognizes that their value is in the service and that the service itself is where you not only get the details right, but you, prefer, you perfect the details and you add value on top of those details. You know, Didi is on a first name basis with each one of those delivery drivers because they use generally the same people. So you can have a relationship with them. So CentOS adds a relational piece to the janitorial supplies. That just, you know, two minute long interaction between the CentOS employee and Didi each time, it's friendly. You know, these seem like two people that kind of enjoy talking with one another, all things considered. And then this person goes into the warehouse space and they set things up. And this past week when I was noticing it, it was a different driver. And I only know that because Didi said, hey, you're not our normal driver. And they go, no, no, I'm not. Um, hey, is there anything special I could do for you? Hey, is there anything special I can do for you? That's what this person, literally their fill-in driver, asked. She asked us that. <laughs> this is a billion-dollar company, and they literally have gotten it so right that their, their fill-in delivery drivers, they know to ask, how can I add value for you? What can I do to make your experience better? How can I match how can I not only match what my previous driver was doing, but improve it? That's what they've built a culture of at that company. That is why CentOS is a billion dollar company. So that's a relational piece of it. Let's keep going on, right? They kind of get the marketing piece of this. I'm talking about a room that isn't quite clean, but it's not a mess, but it's still in immaculate shape. 
CentOS knows that how their supply station looks is indicative of what we see their company as, right? So I'm looking at this one small thing in this massive garage and I'm saying, that thing's in perfect shape. What do you think that that reflects back? What do you think that that says about us as consumers? What do you think that that says more importantly about CentOS as a company? It shows you that they're thinking about what it is that their clients want to see. And as CentOS's client, what I want to see is that 18 by 18 inch um, supply cabinet is perfect. It's perfect because they're going to get the details right. And the value in what it is that you do is made in the details. And too many times, people are just thinking about it. Hey, I'm thinking about it this way. What can I take? What can I do for myself? Hey, this interaction, this is about me. Yeah, it's a disgusting thing to say. It's a disgusting thing to realize that that is how your mind can work. You don't feel good about that. But here's the thing. You're a good person if you're listening to this and you have identified that with, identify with that because it shows that A, you care, right? It's okay. Keep working towards the ideal. Back to the, back to the actual goal here. We're talking about CentOS. 45,000 employees. That's how many people CentOS has worked for them. It's incredible. How is it that you are able to align 45,000 people around one goal? How is that? I don't quite have the answer to that. But I can say said so if you have 45,000 people aligned around one goal, you're probably going to be a billionaire. Or you're probably going to be at the helm of a billion-dollar company because that is an absolute Herculean effort. It's, it's an unbelievable accomplishment. It is absolutely unbelievable. You could think about an entire college campus. That would be to University of Kentucky's. Every single person at the University of Kentucky graduating in the year 2016, if we doubled, if we doubled that total amount of people, that would be all of the people working for one company for one goal. That's incredible. The value in what it is that you do isn't always the thing that you say that you do. CentOS, I, I was checking into this real briefly. You know, all they do is they sell a commodity, which is a commodity. Janitorial supplies, bathroom equipment, you can literally go anywhere. A dollar store, a King Super, Kroger, wherever you get your groceries at. Costco, could be Sprouts, could be Whole Foods. So the entire pyramid then you have every other operation that sells cleaning supplies. There are thousands of verticals, thousands of companies that are selling these supplies. So why is it that CentOS is able to be one of the biggest in the game? Why is it that CentOS is worth a billion dollars and I'm not? It's because they recognized that anyone 
can provide a product. But very few people can provide a value in a service. Every single company on the internet, every single one of them, what they say is our service-oriented or 99% committed to service, right? Every organization, if you go to walk into any store, walk into any restaurant, and if you spoke to their corporate executives, one of the first things that they would say about their organization, if they had to sell you on it, was that they care about their clients. They value their clients. They want to make the client experience the best in the world. And they would all tell you that that's exactly what their companies do. But the truth is they don't. And that's why they're not billion-dollar companies. They say they do. They say that they make that a priority. But most of them, 99% of them, don't. And I haven't quote-unquote made it yet, but this is the absolute truth behind becoming quote-unquote the 1%. This is what it is. You have to figure out how to be the one person in 100, the one person in 100. That is what we call the 1%. You have to be the one in 100 person who figures out how to better service the client. It doesn't quite matter what the product is, although, you know, niches lead to the riches. You know, you can't sell X, Y, and Z and plan to bake 10 trillion bucks. And oftentimes that's not what it's about. But again, you have to be in the right industry. Um, a few other factors apply as well. At least that's what I've been told. I don't know. I haven't made it yet. But 1%. You have to offer the 1% value play. The 1% value play. You have to figure out where 99% of your competition couldn't beat you. You have to figure out where you can provide a better experience. And here's the thing. You don't even know who 99% of your competition are. In fact, you might not even know who any of them are. If you've given a bit of thought, you probably know that there's three or four companies out there. But that still leaves every single other company person doing the exact same thing somewhere else outside of your view. But they're still there. And they're still working away at it. And I can promise you this. There are a few core traits to success that you will find in any level, but there are also a few core traits of failure. And these can be found in basically every company as well. And so how about this? How about you challenge yourself to not only figure out what the failures are of your industry or the failure in the service, the value, the product, and how that's not being driven to the client. How about you figure that out? But then even more so on the other side, you figure out, hey, this is what's being done. Time to elevate the game. It's time to elevate the game. That's what you need to be thinking about. How do I elevate the game? How do I minimize my downside? Meaning how do I make as few mistakes as possible? But like, you got to make the mistakes so you can grow. I got that. But how can I minimize my mistakes as I continue to learn and grow? That's the important piece here. So making mistakes, that's fine as long as we're continuing to learn and grow. If we're making the same mistake over and over again, problem. You need to fix that. Making new mistakes is a good thing because it shows that you're embracing new challenges. No problem. But back to the point here. You need to be able to minimize the downside risk of your mistakes as you continue to grow and maximize the upside. <laughs> Simple. 
Simple equations we all know. But what does it boil down to? Are you willing to be the person who is going to provide the 1% service experience? Are you going to call your client? Are you going to call the person and let them know that your business matters to me? So much so that I've already figured out how to do X, Y, and Z for you. Hey, I've already supported X, Y, Z cause that you value. Hey, let me know how I can serve you. Centos is a billion dollar company because that is the question that they have continued to ask. How can I serve you? Thank you.